there were a lot of people in Costa Rica that had no homes, and so uh, we just landed on a group and uh, took began to take food out there, and, and it was a feeding program, and and uh, we'd feed the kids and the mothers that came, and uh, when so um, just a few months into it, but we had gotten where um, we were getting used to what people getting familiar with the people that were coming in and getting to know them, and we noticed one family wasn't there one week, and um, inquired about them, and um, they said, well, they had a baby. Their youngest died, the youngest baby. The baby, he <laughs> was the youngest, yeah, died and um, had um, just, they didn't have an explanation for it. She just died. And um, so um, Linda, the gal that was with me, another missionary, uh, said, well, we, you know, take us over to where it is. And so it wasn't very far from our feeding center. And um, we went in, and there were, in Costa Rica, they have the body, they keep the body in the house for a few days uh, before the funeral. And so the baby was laid in a little box. This, this is just real, real poverty, you know, the um, dirt floors and, and uh, would just shacks. And, um, but there were, and uh, she was gray. And just, uh, I would say probably three months old, about that um, age. And so... Um, we began to, we, we said, can we pray? And they're all Catholic background, most of them there. And so they just probably thought we were praying the last rites or I don't know what. Uh, but uh, she let me take the baby out of the box. And um, I just, I don't know, it just a, um, like a, I call it a surge. I don't know. I just felt, you know, to sp begin to speak life over the baby. Of course, that's what well, that was our purpose for praying for uh, for her, and we just started speaking life, and um, just we heard, <coughs> and uh, and she came back to life. The color came back, and wow. and it was just it was so awesome. It was so surreal, and it was like, what is this is happening? <laughs> and I mean, the mother starts screaming, and uh, and everybody was just rejoicing, and it was. That is so awesome. Praise the Lord. For Jesus' name, we'll see more of that in America. Amen. When we see these kind of signs, wonders, and miracles. Um, so I wanted to ask her along this one miracle, which I know they've had many more than just this one story. But um, how do you maybe personally uh, activate the kind of faith for that kind of supernatural miracles? How did you personally or how do you feel someone should? Um, I think you just meditate on the word. Just, and we went to missions training at Victory Christian Center. Um, I don't even know if they have their training center anymore, uh, but it was four months of just being inundated with the word of God and hearing missionaries speak uh, that have, you know, uh, hearing their, they taught their mistakes as well as their victories, you know, and, and um, just hearing all of the things they'd been through and all the miracles, and it just pumps you up, you know. So I would say, um, you know, just really... Um, Listen, let, always constantly have going into your ear and your spirit uh, miracles, um, you know, and just faith and just, I mean, that builds your faith. Scriptures like, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you know, greater works will he do, or will we, we do than he did, and, um, and I, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. <laughs> and praying in the spirit. So um, when you pray for that baby and that baby came back to life, how did you know that's what you were supposed to do? You know, how did you know? Yeah, that, that's what I meant Because with by everybody assert, else I'm, in the room, the mom, did you just not think about what anybody else thought in the right, room? Or? Right, right. Um, I just was thinking, 
opportunity. And I was thinking, I, I did say, uh, devil, you're, you don't get one of ours. I remember that. Oh, that's good. She, she was one of our little girls, you yeah. know. And so um, oh, that's right. God loves that. girls, you know. <laughs> I, he loves girls because um, we had another uh, miracle where, where a girl came back to life. And oh, another one. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's so awesome. Yeah. And this was in Mexico again? or where This was, was in Costa Rica. Oh, Costa Rica. Yeah. That's right. When That's where Both of them Titus was born, right? Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. That's so awesome. Yeah. So how do you bridge the gap from where you think we have faith? You know, we're like, as word people, we have faith. But where do you bridge the gap from where we have faith to where there's this supernatural gift of faith? Like, how do you let, know the difference between when you just, oh, I should pray for this right. person to be healed, or you just know that this person's supposed to get healed? Um, again, I just, it was, it's not, it's not always a feeling either, because just recently we prayed for a man in Indiana who had throat cancer, and um, and Mike and I laid hands on him and prayed for him, and God instantly healed him. I mean, the doctors were really, and, and we felt nothing at all. We felt, Mike and I, because we were talking later, we, but um, I don't know that I always know no, that it's the yeah. gift of faith. Um, I just, my, um, not philosophy, but my feeling is I'm, I want to pray for as many people as I can, lay hands on them. I, you know, I believe um, that Jesus has healing for every person. He, you know, he, it's a gift. He's done it. It's a finished work. Mm -hmm. And so um, if we'll just be bold and speak that, speak the word of healing over people. Um, and that's not to say we don't always get, everybody doesn't get healed. Um, but I can't always explain why. Right. Um, I don't know if, you know, and, you know, I've asked the Lord, and I don't know if it's something in the, that person's heart and life that keeps them from receiving or, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I heard a pastor say once that, you know, when they're at a certain stage that they are already made a decision to go be with the Lord. You know how we've talked about God honors our will? And so if they will to be with Jesus, no matter how much we pray or want them back, they've made a decision to be with the Lord. Sometimes they're just tired and we don't understand yeah. why, you know. So when you had that miracle take place of that baby, what did it do? Was there anything different in your faith, in your relationship with oh, God? Yeah. Or explain <laughs> how that was. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. I just felt like, well, and then it wasn't too long after that miracle that, um, that uh, well, I guess it was a couple years, but... Um, another little girl was raised from the dead uh, in one of our feeding centers. And um, I remember not long after that, um, we had learned of a little girl who had um, died. And I said, all right, this is, you know, this is my ministry. I'm to raise the dead. You know, I'd already had two. And, I, and, um, and so um, I was on my way over there. And uh, the Holy Spirit said, I don't want you to pray for her. I don't want you to pray for her to come back to life. And, um, and I, we found out later the father had been abusing her. And that was part of the reason she had died and had all the health problems. So, um, but I felt like... I could do this. Yes, yeah. yes. And it I think really that's, built my faith. that's a good wisdom of when to move. We're moving in our flesh, and we want to see God do something, but really listening to the Holy Spirit in obedience, you know. And if he does give you that check, then we just have to trust the Lord for his will to be done, you know, especially in those kind of situations. So have you ever prayed for someone where their miracle didn't happen, or at least you didn't see it? Oh, yes. <laughs> and that, well, that is um, uh, something, too. We've prayed for a lot of people who... Um, we'll catch up with later or they'll let us know.
that they were healed. So it wasn't instant, but um, mm-hmm. it was a process. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Mike says, um, if somebody doesn't get healed, just say next. Who's next? You know, right. just keep going. Our, yeah. our job is to is to just believe God and lay hands on people. Amen. Our job is not the miracle, that's God's. Our job is just to pray, amen, make ourselves available and just trust God. Okay, uh, so, okay, I guess we talked about that a little bit. Does anybody have a question for her? We have, like, just a couple more minutes, something that popped up in your spirit for regarding miracles or signs or anything along those. Miss Denise, shout it out, girl. I haven't heard an audible voice. I've heard my mom's audible voice. (laughs) I mean, know their mama's voice when they're yelling at you. (laughs) Anybody ever had an encounter? My my mom's going to share tonight. She's got stories. So we're going to be super blessed tonight with that one. So anyway, anything else, ladies? I think we answered all the questions I wrote down. When you didn't see the miracle happen, did it shake your faith? No. How did you handle it? You just just went on because I think because we had heard from so many seasoned missionaries and um, it's disappointing, you know, and you you want healing for every person, but um, it, it didn't shake my faith. No, we live in an imperfect world, you know. We live in a sin nature world, and it's never going to be perfect till Jesus returns. I, I remember um, like it the realization of. Um, the story, reading the story of Peter and John when they went and healed the man that was outside the gate, crippled man, and um, some minister said, uh, well, Jesus went to church there all the time, regularly, and he didn't heal that person, and, you know, maybe he was saving it for Peter and John, I don't know, but, I mean, um, even he moved under the unction of the Holy Spirit, so you just follow That's a good word, isn't it? It kind of gives us a peace, doesn't it, just to be led by the Holy Spirit, And, hey, if you tried and failed, at least you tried, amen. The Lord knows your heart is to honor that. And the next one could be the breakthrough miracle that you're believing the Lord for. So, amen. Well, thank you. Could you give a big thank you to Miss Debbie, please? I'm going to invite Pastor Jenny to the platform, please. Trip coming up, trip coming down. Good evening, ladies. Can you hear me? I know I have a quiet voice. So tonight I get to take our offering. So while I'm talking, get your grab your envelopes and get your offering together. So tonight we are taking a special offering for Pastor Gloria. We're going to bless her. And if is there anybody in this room who has not heard her speak before? A few. Look at that. So those of you who know Pastor Gloria know that we are sowing into some good soil. She's a mommy to this house, and she's been a mommy to many of us and spanked us when we needed us, needed it and loved us unconditionally. And she's got such a blessing on her life, so so into what her life is and what her ministry and her future is that, you know, she's, she's going off to do more ministry and will do ministry until the day that God takes her home. So we get to honor her today as the mom in this house and to give into her life, so the blessings that she has, you give and expect God to bless you back abundantly what you need. 
Father, we thank you for tonight, and we thank you for these ladies. We thank you for Pastor Gloria, and we thank you, Father, that the word that's coming forth is going to bless each one of us. Our hearts are ready to hear from you, Father. We thank you, Father, that our hearts are good soil, and this ground is good soil, and Pastor Gloria and Bishop are good soil to plant in. We thank you, Father, for the blessing and overflow coming back to every woman. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Good to see all your beautiful faces tonight, ladies. What a group. And we have a busy week, too, don't we? So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're going to be blessed, blessed, blessed. What's that Italian movie that uh, what was that Italian movie where they said Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday? You guys know what I'm talking about? The Godfather. That one scene where she goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I just rung a bell. Anyway, well, are you all ready to hear a really good word tonight? Man, I was so excited when my mom said yes. And, you know, I grew up in a home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Seeing demons cast out in our basement was nothing unusual. Uh, seeing people healed and filled with the Holy Spirit and seeing my dad go to the hospital visitations. And this was very normal in my house. So to move in the supernatural was very easy for me because I saw it in my house. And that's why we're taking six weeks for you ladies to be inundated in the supernatural natural so that it can become normal to you. Amen. So that you are going to lay hands on the sick. Your children are going to lay hands on the sick. She had us lay hands since we were just could do it. Five or six years old. You know, I was healed of a miracle. Uh, I don't think I've ever told the church before where I, I lost all my ability to walk and God supernaturally healed me. And so we grew up in a home of miracles. So we're believing the Lord to stir it up. Amen. Stir up the gift and the call of God and the supernatural in your life. And who better to have than the mother of the faith, amen? So uh, we need her pulpit down here, sweetheart. I don't know where that little one, we got a little one for her tonight, didn't we? Did we go get the little one? You want to be down here, mama, or do you want to be up? You can see everybody good. Okay, go on up. All right, come on up here, girl. All right, so uh, a pulpit, please. Yeah, so anyway, if you'll give a warm welcome to Pastor Glory Pruitt, a.k.a. Madra, Mommy, Mom, <laughs> Lola, Georgie Porgy. She has lots of nicknames, but um, all right, you ready, girl? All right, love you. I like the old standard one. Well, good evening, ladies. Woo! Faith Sisters! Woohoo! Um, Debbie, I wished, dear Lord, I could fry an egg on these. I think I grabbed yours off the desk. Um, I, I have to use them, though, because the only ones I got. Um, somebody bring my purse up here. I think I got a, a pair that's actually clean. Debbie, I only wish, sweetheart, that I could have been here for the whole testimony. I got the tail end of it, and what a blessing, you know, to, to operate in the signs, wonders, and miracles, and we're so proud of you and for you, and, and to be a part of something so great as this work, and 
to, you know, to pass. We're passing at our age. I'm older than you, I'm sure, but passing the baton of, you know, of greatness onto the to the younger uh, generation also. So it's just so good to be here. Uh, how many love Pastor Barb? She's amazing, faith builders. You know, coming back home, well, actually, them are my faraway glasses. Was there anything in my purse? Is that your purse? Yes, look in it and see if you Don't touch the glasses, though. I took a picture on Facebook for those that follow me. It's Gloria Jean Pruitt. It's Gloria J. Pruitt. You can follow me on Facebook. Anyway, Twitter, Instagram, and anything else. Uh, let me see. I don't know. I'm sorry it's taking me so long. I think it's, I'll try these. One day, Debbie, oh, God, them should have been washed, too. Sorry to say the name, God. Uh, yeah, there are sunglasses. They're prescription, too. Hi, Bobo. See you. Um, you know, it's just coming home to Faith Builders Church is so amazing. Uh, it's just such a blessing to be back. It seems like, like forever since I've been, been back here. But, um, you know, Debbie, when you was talking about, I didn't even think of this, but I'm going to bring this up now that you was talking about people being raised from the dead. And I'll just, and then I'll, I'll get into this, but I just wanted to share a death story uh, because I only heard you say it and it reminded me so much. Are these mine? They were? Oh, they were? I think these were Barb's. I think these were yours. I'm good. I'll just use the fried egg ones. No big deal. Um, so anyway, um, we had an elderly lady when we first started ministry in 1989. We was in a gym, and she was a she was just man. She loved Jesus, and she was genuinely would fall out in the spirit. It was not a courtesy fallout, okay? And um, one day we were worshiping God, and we had probably was you there, Jennifer, back in the gym? I can't remember if you were there. Okay, well, Crystal was. We had three nurses, three registered nurses in our in our church service that day, and Grandma Ruth just decided to fall into the spirit. So, you know, after a while, I was like, hmm, she's awful down there pretty, pretty long. So they started checking her, come to find out that she had no pulse. She died. And she started at this point turning blue, and they had the three nurses check her and so on and so forth. And God literally showed up. It took a long time before the paramedics got there, and we got around her, and, ra and God did. God raised her from the dead right up off of that floor, and she got up and sat down uh, and just like it was nothing, you know. And I, didn't get, I don't remember her experience or anything like that, but I'm, I'm telling you, God is into signs, wonders, and miracles. And, and ladies, you know, I want you to know tonight that you're walking – you, sometimes we don't understand it, but right now you're walking in the supernatural. You know, you're saying yes with your head, but the truth is you don't really know that you're walking in the supernatural. You know, when Jesus was baptized and the Father said, this is my beloved son, and he came down, and that's when the power of God hit Jesus. And when we get born again and we give our lives to Jesus Christ, what takes place is a spiritual supernatural transformation on the inside of us. And that reminds me of the scripture in um, Galatians 3.20, I believe, and it says, Now unto him that is able to do what? Say it loud. Exceedingly, Exceedingly abundantly above what? All. And then why? According to the what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless I'm not hearing you. According to the power that is in you. 
Right now, you have explosive supernatural powers on the inside of you. You know, it's time that we as women, this is the day of the hour of the woman. And you know what? It's time for us to rise up once again with our swords. And I always say this. Somebody will say, you'll pray in tongues and you'll talk about children. And that's about the truth. I'm about to break forth in both. Because what we do today is not just for us. It's for the generation below us. And we're so multitask as women, you know, in the church and doing all the things. We're raising kids and our husbands. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I have to take care of mine 24-7. I get it. But we're so busy doing all the multitasking, we forget who we are spiritually. We come into the house of God on Sundays and Wednesdays in this beautiful event tonight, and yet somehow we need to be continually reminded of really who we are. And today it's time for the woman to arise in who she is because there's destiny with purpose. And the whole purpose that we're here tonight in this whole event that Pastor Barb is putting on is to bring you to that purpose that's attached to your destiny. And I was thinking about that today, and, and this is what I said to myself. I said, you know, God, we always say my destiny, my destiny. But honestly, ladies, it's not our destiny. It's the destiny in which you were birthed for with the Spirit of God, with the power, resurrection power on the inside of you to do something for God. And you, all of us have the different callings in our life. It's not always the pulpit. But everywhere we go, we're explosive in the supernatural realm. I remember hearing Benny Hinn one time. No, I didn't actually hear him. Take that back. I went to a couple of Benny Hinn meetings. And he operated in the signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen? But the truth of it is, he really didn't. The reason there were so much explosive supernatural events, blind eyes opening, people throwing their crutches to the side, getting and running, people getting new lungs, new transformations of health, mental illness disappearing, is because they prepared themselves for the way of the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything we do in life, we must open ourselves up to the anointing of the Holy Spirit to prepare the way for us with the supernatural signs and wonders because the bottom of the line is, ladies, we should be operating in them already. It shouldn't have to be another country. It should be in the supermarket. It should be in the marketplace. It should be in your job. It should be uh, in your family, everywhere you go. And every assignment that's attached to your destiny through God, listen to me, it's that anointing that hits you when you walk in the power and the anointing of God, you will hear the voice. People will tell you their life. I went and got my feet done one day, and it, I made a mistake saying I was a pastor. That woman poured out 10 years of her sorrows on me while I was trying to get a massage on my feet. And I'm like, Jesus, why? Because the anointing opens people's hearts and mouths to you. Everywhere we go, we need to be prepared for the miracles, signs, and wonders. And when you're not prepared, ladies, it's not going to happen. If you don't wake up with a purpose in the morning and say, what is my real destiny purpose through God, then you know what? You're going to continue to walk the way you're walking. You're going to be walking, marching in place now till Jesus comes. And you're too valuable. You are so valuable. Look, tap your sister and say, you're too valuable. Listen to me, you're too valuable to be by the, by the, 
But, you know, we're in the finest hour, ladies, of the church of Jesus Christ today. We're in the finest hour. And you know what the devil, he's bidding high for you. He's bidding high for the truth. Uh, you know, uh, don't hate me. Don't throw a tomato. I'm not saying Democrat. I'm not saying Republican, okay? You might discern it, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> and I can duck fast. <laughs> but all I'm saying is this. When you, we put God first in every choice that we make, and I'm not here telling which way to vote, but I'm using it as an example. You will vote the correct way. Not for liquor, not for a filthy, look, how do you say it? Lucre, thank you. I was saying liquor like it was liquor. When we vote righteous, God changes a nation. And when we vote because we have a need rather than depending on the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, you've missed the mark. And you got to love me because i got to love you too. <laughs> right? Amen. So what I'm saying is, as we begin our new journey, and I really prayed this week, I asked the Lord, you know, when Pastor Barb asked me to speak, that God was going to give you a revelation to who you really are and the work that he has for you. And I'm going to share some, some stories with you here. I got to share the one because she was, Debbie was my inspiration about uh, seeing somebody raised from the dead in America. And that's not the first. I mean, I'm sure there's many, many more. But the reason that there's so much energy of the Holy Spirit in other countries is because it's just like I said. Am I telling you the truth, Debbie? Because we're open to it. We, like, we, we don't think, like, if it's going to happen, it's when. It's when it's going to happen. And that's how we have to perceive the destiny of God in our lives. Amen. So I love this right here. Right here, Joel, uh, Joel 2.8 says this, that in the last days, how many believe you're in the last day today? Oh, my God, you better believe we're in the last day today. I have never seen so much horror through the media, so much horror on commercials, on television, of all the things that's desensitizing us from the gifts of the Spirit. The more that we see women in underwear... And seeing, you know, suggestive things on TV, the more settled we become that, well, you know what, I'm just a little bit above that person. You know, I'm good because, you know, I'm better than that person. But what we want is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's the righteousness. Now, Joel says this. Now, watch. Two, he's declared this, that in the last days, in the last days, my sons and my daughters shall prosper. Prophesy, thank you. My goodness, find the devil from my tongue. It's, he's, we need to prophesy. You know, Esther prophesied before she met her husband, the king. It was the destiny of God. At first, she kind of was reluctant whether she would go or not. And then they had to remind her that she was a Jew. You know, someone says you're a Jew and you need to go in there and you need to fulfill what God has for you. And then she did. But Joel says in the last day we're going to prophesy sons and daughters. And prophecy is, listen, it's not always just tongues and interpretation in the church or just prophesying, you know, because we prophesy we're a Pentecostal church. It's not just that. Prophesy is declaring who you are, uh, declaring what your assignment is, declaring what God is going to do and fulfill in your life that you can pass that to your children.
Listen, mamas, if you've got kids at home, I'm all for R&R. I'm just going to be straight up. But R&R is not going to make them the soldiers they need to be in this last day. We're facing situations in our world today, whether we want to turn a blind eye, a deaf ear to it or not. But I'm telling you, heaven's about to meet hell. It's going to collide. And if your kids, if you're not grounded, your kids will never be grounded. And there's nothing wrong with taking your kids all over the continent for recreation or yourselves. But there's a point of time. There's seasons. And I'm going to be talking about the seasons too. There's seasons in our life that we do things. But the purpose that we're mothers and the purpose that we're Christian women is to get the gospel out and to lay hands on the sick and see them recover and to put ourselves in position. I was just minding my own business, picking up a little present at the guest store, at the outlets, and this girl started telling me at the counter how, you know, yeah, I'm good, but, you know, my leg is all having a problem. And I'm like, ooh, shalamarita, loco, shanda. She's my victim of the day. She's the one I'm, I'm praying on, P-R-E-Y. And I waited to all the customers to go, and I said, come here, what's your name? Marta, where are you from? Columbia. I said, I, I got good news for you today. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And f what follows me, according to the Bible, is signs, wonders, and miracles. Can I pray for you? She goes, mm-hmm. I think she was scared. I don't know. And I prayed for her, and I prophesied the word of the Lord over her. I gave her an assignment on the Bible, and I'm calling her in a couple weeks, and I'm going to follow up on her. Why? Because I positioned myself to do something for the glory of God. It's not just washing, ironing, getting our nails done. Got them done. First time in a long time. I'm pretty, pretty proud of them, too, by the way. They've been so stubby, and with these Italian short fingers, you know, I needed something to help them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus is calling. No, I'm kidding. But we got to position ourselves, amen? So now I want to just, you know, now that I got through all of this, I want to talk to you really about the supernatural miracles. I have so many in my life, but I experienced so many. I really need to write a book when, I, when we was called to Florida in 1989. Um, it was four months of the most spiritual journey I had ever been on. And anybody that has ever been called out uh, to, by God to leave and go by faith, I'm going to tell you something. Those words are only true when you have to do that. And God called us out, and I, I wrote down a few things, and I've got arrows every which way because I, I do hand messages, and, I, and I, I, it's just a mess up here. I've crossed things out. I've got arrows. i got bras up here at the top. Don't forget the bras. I use it for notes. <laughs> you know, I just got everything going. But I want to start out with this evening, and I want to talk about the word supernatural. And it's probably already been identified, but I'm going to do it again. The word supernatural means this. It means a manifestation or event beyond scientific understanding. And that's what raising the dead is all about. That's where arms grow out, where there's no arms, where blind eyes see that's never seen before or ears hear that's never heard before. And it makes me think of the first miracle. Shout out the first miracle. No. no. Don't say, Pastor Barb. No pastors and elders. What's the first miracle Jesus did? Somebody. Woohoo! Ding, 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 ding. 
Okay, so when we look at that Jesus turned the water into wine, do you think that Jesus, what was, what was the analogy behind the water into wine? Have you ever thought about that? Because, you know, was it a bunch of drunks, and they're all drunk, and, and Jesus just popped up on the scene, well, I'm going to make them more happy drunks. I'm going to give them the best of wine because, with, hey, listen, this was fermented wine, guys. This was not just spiritual wine off the vine. And so what happened is what God was, what Jesus was doing then, that was his very first miracle. And the reason that he did that, he wanted to illustrate the lack of uh, faith or the lack of miracles that was going on in that day. So he, what he did was a living, uh, like a production, if you will. He went in and he said, you know what? I'm going to turn this water into wine, but I'm trying to use it as an illustration to where the church is at or where people are at in this day. Now, most people probably didn't even catch, catch on to that, amen? But Jesus never makes a mistake, amen? And so here's what he did. So I'm going to talk about the first miracle, and I think our sister Debbie hit on it, hit on it. But, you know, God says greater works. Jesus said, you shall do when I go to my Father. Now, that's a miracle. The power of God is on the inside of you, but it's so tiny because you're not, you're not putting out. What you give comes back. You reap what you sow, whether it's in love, whether it's in finances, whatever it's in. And I'm going to talk about some ouchy things tonight because there's things that we need to mature and grow on. There's a vine that's connecting all of us tonight, and it's not just the love boat mentality. Churches were not designed to be love boats. Churches are designed in the pulpit. I said to, my, I said to the bishop yesterday, um, I saw somebody on, and listen, I cannot talk about skinny jeans. I had no idea how skinny them ankles were until I tried to pull them up over my, my legs. But So understand, but we're not clones. And the church and the pulpits in America, and there's many great churches all over America. So having said that, I'm not anti-church. I'm for church. But I'm for a church that talks about Jesus being the blood of the lamb. He is the way, the truth, the life. And that's what I told that girl at the counter. No, 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 you don't try religion, sweet girl. Marta, Jesus said in John 14, uh, John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but me. And I said, and the sooner you learn that, the sooner you're going to begin to see who Jesus Christ is for your life. And, that, and the same with this church, you know. We've got to see that the greater one lives on the inside of us. The temple is just crying out to be used in you because there's no other greater assignment than God has except for what you have. You're the identifiable woman of God can only do what you're called to do. Do you know that? Whether it's intercession, whether it's in your prayer closet, whether it's whatever it is for the glory of God, witnessing to your children or being an example to your children. That's the best one. That's the best one. The greatest honor I ever got, me and Bishop, was that my kids attested to, they didn't, they didn't say they didn't see mistakes in us, they didn't say that we were perfect. They didn't say a lot of things. But the one thing that was a tribute to me and my husband was I always seen my mom and dad the same in church and out of church. Come on, somebody. And if you're living a double uh, standard, listen to me. Get it to God. 
It's time to walk away from the world because there's no such thing as riding a horse in two different directions at the same time. And that's where the church has gotten to. You know, there was a time, I think, that the church never had to be told that. We just knew. We had absolutes. We knew right from wrong. We knew that if I'm not married, I don't sleep with men. If I'm not married, I, I, and if I'm a righteous woman, I'm not going to hang out in the bars and drink and party and then come to church and raise my hand and worship God. Oh, you can do that, but you know what? You're only going to go so far. You want signs. You want wonders. You want the miracles in your life because every one of you, if I said to you, who wants the anointing, you would raise your hand, but I won't have you do it. But, you know, there's a responsibility, ladies, with anointing. There's a huge responsibility. And one of the things I was going to talk to you about is this. I love this. And he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, greater works. He's saying, listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. He's saying it over and over. He's begging his church to listen to him and do it. So I'm going to get to my first, my first miracle. Um, it, it may seem small, but it, it was huge to us. We were saved a couple of years we bought a, a very nice home, and it had a very clean basement. And our pastor released us to start doing home Bible studies on Friday night. And we went down there and thought, well, the basement's clean, but we, we were just living paycheck to paycheck, putting kids through Christian school, you know, the whole story of life. It's just sometimes it's just meeting the budget. And so we started praying. We went and checked out some carpet, the cheapest carpet on the map, you know, juke, not juke back, but rubber back. You know what I'm saying? And the, it came to $125. Well, that, my, that may, has well, may have well been uh, $1,500 because it was like, oh, my God, $125, that's a lot of money. But you know what we did? We came together, and we began to believe God, that God was supernaturally, this is what we said, is going to bring that money to us. I went to the mailbox every day, never told anybody, listen, miracles aren't miracles if you're telling your friends you're in need. I just wish Jesus would give me $125. You know what I'm saying? Miracles are doing it's just between you and him. And you keep your mouth shut. You don't tell your neighbor. That's really hinting. You got some money? I need me some money today. No, we don't do that. We live by faith. Amen? And so anyway, I went to the mailbox. This probably was a couple of months later. And this is the whole truth. I swear to you, nothing but the truth. There was a check in our mailbox from a company. I can't remember the name of the company. For $125. Come on. That was supernatural. Now that, okay, that just sounds okay, right? The problem is we cashed it. And we wondered. That was back in the day you didn't have Google or in all the phones. And that was in the 70s. And we thought, wonder who in the world, that, who's that company? No such company. No such company. And that, that was just the beginning of us seeing the signs and the wonders and miracles. You tell me that when you embark on something like that, ladies, and it's supernatural, then you get hungry for more. That's what I'm saying. You need to be hungry. Let the, let the Holy Spirit on the inside of you crave him, want him, living righteously, wanting more of God, being in the house of God when it's open, and, and, and teaching your kids that this is where we are. We're in the house of God when it's open. We're in the house of God. I don't care about you going playing baseball this week. That means nothing to me. You're going to be in the house of God. Am I still nice? <laughs> Am I still loved? It's very important, you know. <laughs> so there that came. Now let me ask you something. So we decided, so I'm going to say this. 
So how did that miracle really happen? So I wrote down a few little things that really transparent. How did this miracle take place? Well, faith equals miracles and supernatural events. Faith is an instrument of God on our behalf. You see, it takes faith in everything we do because without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please God. Amen? And then the one thing that I looked up in Galatians 3, 2, Paul says this, that our hearing must lead to faith. And the next word he used is consecrate. Anybody know what that word is? righteous. When you want more from God, you've got to give more to God. And living a righteous life doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means that every day you wake up saying, I want to be Christ-minded. I want to wake up. I want Jesus first for my, in my mind. I'm telling you, I don't always wake up that way, ladies. You know, I preach a good preach like you, but guess what? I put my panties on just like you. And when I'm overwhelmed in the morning, and I'm telling you, there's been series of circumstances of late in my life that most couldn't even handle of this, that, and the other. And, and you wake up, and it's just like that first thing in the morning that's on your mind. And you know what I do? I just take a deep breath. I smile. I've said this a thousand times from this pulpit. And I say, this is the day that you have made, and I will be glad, and I will rejoice in it. And I give that problem to God, and then I begin to pray in my Holy Spirit. And you know what? It's a faith thing. But your brain doesn't know that. Your brain and your spirit only knows what you tell it. And once you start operating that way, giving it to God, even if it's by faith, especially if it's by faith, guess what's going to happen? Turn around turn around. So we got to consecrate ourselves. Amen. So there is just some pointers there. And then there was, um, let me see what I got here. Okay. Let me, I might have to turn this. Okay. Where am I? Uh, okay. So then the next thing is in 1989, God says, it's time to leave your jobs. It's time to sell everything you own. It's time to move to Florida. You won't know where you're going to be staying. You're not going to have any money. But take a little bus, buy a little bus, and put what you have on it. And the Holy Spirit said, when you get there, there's going to be a house prepared for you. And now let me just paint the picture. My husband was 53 years young, had two years to full pension of $3,000 for the rest of his life, full benefits, full medical. He had the whole kaboot, caboodle or whatever. What is it? Kick and caboodle. Yes, they had the whole package, I'm telling you. And the Lord said, uh, we're like, I'm like, uh, God, do you mind waiting? Like, just, it's just days, God, do you like 365 plus 365? Uh, go now. And the Lord said, we'll sell everything you got. We wound up, no, we went to the park in Florida, and we're sitting out there. And the Lord says, I want you to come to the tip of Jacksonville. Uh, Florida, and I want you to go to a church I'm going to show you. We visited every church along that. He had six weeks coming vacation, and we took it. And we just went down, and we finally wound up in a little church. It was a very prophetic church. I mean, when I say, do you, sister, do you know Bishop Hammond? And the, the, Okay, well, anyway, they're, they're, they're sister back there, you do. Well, they're the real deal. I mean, when you talk about a group of prophetic men and women, we went in that little church. It was probably about 90 to 100 people, and we're sitting in the back. They come up, and he prophesied, the prophet of the house prophesied 3,600-word 
testimony over us, the word of the Lord. And you know what we did? We, one of it was the thing that you've been tossing back and forth, go home and sell it. That was our home. We sold it full price to two buyers. They raced to get there in a time and season when there wasn't even anything, any such thing. And so anyway, what had happened is uh, that's what we did. We started our journey. So when we got there, 10 days had went by. And um, I, the Holy Spirit said to me, your Aunt Josie's going to let you stay in her house. Well, here's how I view things, like I shared with you. I don't tell people my business. I don't hint. If it's not God, I don't want it. I'm not going, if it's not faith, if it's not tried. And I said, I told my mother, I said, you know, Mother, uh, we stayed with my mom for the first 10 days. And I said, you know, God promised me a house, and I believe he told me Aunt Josie. She said, oh, honey, you missed that <laughs> by a long shot. Well, my Aunt Josie's a millionaire, and she's my mother's sister, and she's so greedy. Not that there's anything wrong going to Goodwill. I've been there myself. You get really good deals on brand-name things, girls. I've been there. But she would go to Goodwill and wouldn't even let her own kids stay in that house. To make a long story short, that's for the first, this miracle, stand. it was a miracle that she let us live there in that house. So what happened is before we had left, and this is, the, this is a real miracle I want to share, we wound up going to that church. It was 50 miles away uh, on the interstate. That was a long way. We had no money coming in. Uh, we quit our jobs. We had no, in, no income whatsoever. We only had a few hundred dollars to our life. Well, to make a long story short, we was going back and forth. It's very costly in gas, and we traveled, and no, people thought we was rich. We still wore the same clothes. You see what I'm saying? We would had the brand-new car, and before I left, I said to God, I don't want this car. You got to sell this car. I am, and you know, and we couldn't sell. Somebody want to buy it, and we made payments. This wasn't free, baby, you know. And I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to mess with this car. This woman, never, never wonder who's got more faith or whatever. Don't judge a book by a cover. She called me. She said, I got your number from uh, the, the the teacher in the class, and my name is so and so. And I said, Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. And I'm going. A little bit, you know, she's a little bit loony. And she says, but God just told me to tell you this. I said, what's that? God told me that you had a car for sale. You, you was trying to sell a car. And I said, yeah. He said, no. The answer is no. He's going to make you live by faith. And I went like this. I swear to God, I went, I went, no! I, I couldn't believe because I was such a, you know, proud saint on the front row always walking in faith. And I, like, I totally exposed myself to nudity. And, um... <laughs> And I didn't want to. God, no. I said, God, I don't want to be accountable because we don't have no money. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. So we go to the church, and we sit in the back. Never put a prayer request in. Never put our names in. We put money, you know, we give money and stuff like that. Very little, but we give our money and to what we had. And um, they get into the wire to make that payment. Yeah. And we're sitting in church, and, uh, and, and, and the Lord says, you know what? He, uh, no, first of all, it started this. We go to church, and we always had one snack. We had a Snicker bars and a Coke, and that was so. That was our really expensive treat. I'm not kidding you. We was buying cans that didn't have labels on them because you know indented for food, and uh, we didn't accept charity. We didn't go stand in a cheese line. There's nothing wrong with that. You understand? This is our story, and um, and so on and so forth. And so we went to church, and um, we was going to stop and get gas. And the Lord said, um, I want that last $100 you got in your pocket. And I'm like, 
I was worried about a candy bar and you want the last hundred dollars. And we was, we was an empty family, empty, say empty. empty, 50 miles away on Cape Coral. And there we were with all the whatever. And um, we, I said, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. What, okay. He said to me, well, what do you want to do, honey, God? I said, God said it. Let's do it. Now, let me just say this. Why would God tell us to give $100 of our last money? I'm not suggesting you do that. This has to be a rhema from God to you. So don't take, don't think I'm trying to imply anything. So, and I go like this. And he said, well, we don't have any gas. I said, yeah, I know. I said, well, the Lord will provide. And I mean, I had to mean that. And so this guy walks up, didn't know us, and he goes, you know, I could give you any amount I want, but God told me to give you this. I know, you're thinking big dollars. It was $20. We did the dance of joy. I went, woo, woo, oh, my God, $20. That got us gas. Do you understand? We weren't going to spend the night with the palmetto bugs out in the field <laughs> off of the interstate. So anyway, so we got that. Then the, then the car payment came due, still going to the same church, Never, ever, I promise you, told a soul of our need. Never said a word. I didn't even know anybody in the church, actually. We just went in there looking all cute and rich. That was a lie. <laughs> I wasn't even happy and, uh, at that point. And now uh, this guy walks up, and he says, I'm a businessman, Brother Jerry. And he says, I know you don't know me. And he said, I'll tell you what. Anything God would tell I could write a check out. I mean, I think that was a little braggadocio, but anyway. He said, I could write a check out for any amount. But, you know, God gave me a specific number. And I swear to you, girls, it was exactly to the penny of our car payment. Come on, somebody. Woo! Now, that was great. Two days later, here comes the miracle. You ready? We're sitting in our little house that, I mean, this, I can't even tell you the story. It's so amazing and too long. But uh, we're sitting there, and there's a knock at the door. And there is the pastors of the church 50 miles away. We never put our name in, never put our address. He didn't know where we lived. And the prophet of the house, the prophet. And we're like, oh, my God, hi, prophet, Sill, And hi, I can't think of the pastor's name. I think it was Becky and somebody else. And he said, yeah, comes in, chatter, chatter, chatter. You know, God told me to give this. I don't know why he gave me this amount, but God told me to give you $100. He led us here by the Spirit. He led us, and you know what? I know that sounds a little spooky, spooky, but I'm telling you, if you knew these people, you would know that, that there was no hype, no spook, no, and I didn't know anybody in the church for them to give him the address anyway, but he wouldn't have lied about that, and he gave us $100. That's supernatural when you're living by faith, and I can remember sitting out on that doorstep, and I, I went out, I was like, this is just too much going on. It's too much spirit. And listen, when there's so much spirit... You don't even know how to handle it. It's almost mentally abuse. I, I, I went out, and I, I remember I was like this. I went, I, I just got to get out of this environment. There was angels. There was demons. There was so much activities, and I was seeing stuff. And I, I went, oh, God. I'm sitting there saying, what am I doing here? And I heard God say, this is the, so help me. Stick my tongue to the roof of my mouth. He's, and this is before we ever, ever heard this done, okay? He said, he said, this is for, you are in warfare, spiritual warfare. The, you know, this is time to, and I went, I went, I hate, 
I've said it so loud, I, I don't know if the church heard me. I hate warfare. I don't want to be in this. I don't want to because, you know, when you're in, when you're, when God is transforming you, watch this, from new, from old wineskins to new, you're going to kick, you're going to scream. I tell you the truth, Debbie, you're going to holler and ain't going to be hoot and holler and kick your heels up for Jesus. It was so much stuff going on in that ministry. I felt the touch of angels' wings. I never saw the angel. People saw the angels. We heard demons scream. We drove 50 miles from, from uh, Arcadia, Florida to Cape Coral, and our shift was from 2 o'clock in the morning to 4 o'clock in the morning leading a prayer group. And we was faithful to it every day and trusted God for the gas and trusted God for everything the reason that god wanted that hundred dollars and again this ain't about a tithe message i'm just trying to show you if you want signs wonders and miracles and anointing there's a cost now your cost may not be my cost but i'm telling you girls it's a cost and the, why did that happen if god can trust you in the small He's almighty God. He is the God of Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. And if you can trust and say, well, you know what's a hundred bucks? Put it in the offering. You know why he did that? Because he was preparing us when we came to this valley. That was 12 and a half years after we already birthed the, the Beloit Church, okay? 12 and a half years of success. I mean, am I telling that the truth, Pastor Barb and Pastor... Uh, Jennifer, <laughs> you were there. It was a success church. People came from Milwaukee, Rockford, Madison. They came in busloads everywhere to be a part of our ministry. It was, it was phenomenal. It was a phenomenon of spirituality. You know why I did that? Because there came a time when we started this ministry, we bought a home, and we sold it. And you know what? You know how easy it was? We made $100,000 in over a year. How easy it was for us to drop that in the bucket? It meant nothing. It's nothing to give to God, whether it's your finances or your life or serving him and, and laying hands on the sick and seeing miracles and being raised up in the anointing in which God called you. It's no longer we've got to get out of apathy. We're going to die in apathy if we don't rise up and be the women that's called today you are women of faith god sent you here to equip you to renew you to rebuild you and it's not just for you it's to do something great in this hour of collision that's about to hit our world we've got to be prepared you know, in the last days, and this is off of my miracles, but I'm going to say it anyway. In the last day, there's going to be two spirits. There's going to be the spirit of God with the biggest signs, wonders, and miracles. But lest you know what is God and what is Satan, because he's going to be just like in the Old Testament. He's going to throw his rod down just like he, he's going to throw his miracles down. And the Bible says that he's going to even call the very elect and deceive them if possible. So we've got to make sure we're equipped. I'm not trying to put fear in you. I'm trying to put something in you of truth and add on to the truth in which my daughter is represented in this house because she's a strong force in this house of truth. And that's why you pray for your pastors and your pastors and elders because I'm telling you, when you display truth, the enemy don't lay down. We need the same attributes that the enemy has. We get stronger. Come on, ladies. 
we get stronger. We're not going to let our marriages fall apart. We're not going to let our children go to hell. We're not going to we're not going to not trust God in our finances. Given that shall be given. Oh, that's a weak amen. That's a weak amen because if you're tipping God, you're never going to see the signs, wonders, and miracles. What is 10%? It's nothing. People say, well, if I win the lottery, uh, I'll give $200,000. No, you won't. You won't even give $2. I had a lady sit behind me in church one time. She didn't even give $1 a week, not even one. And it's not about the money. It's the heart. It's the heart issue. And so, you know, there's a cost to the anointing. There's a cost to sign wonders and miracles. Lord, I need a miracle on my eyes. Help me, Jesus. I hope these are the ones. Yeah, these are better. And I'm going to boogie along here. Listen to this. Oh, my God, I love this one. I'm going to actually look it up on my phone. Hang on. I screenshot it. So I want to read it to you. Okay, hang on. Okay, there's a story in 1 Kings 18:12, And, and um, most people in the word, um, let me see. Okay, most people back in the day, which maybe you're not aware of, people, normal people, were transported from one place to another. It wasn't just Jesus. Actually, men were picked up from one place and brought to another or walked through crowds. And one of them, oh, geez, hang on. One of them was in, found in 1 Kings 18. Now, there was a guy by the name of, uh, his name was Obadiah, I think his name. And, he, and who was under him was, oh, I'm so sorry, hang on. You know the story, most of you. And he was hiding away, and so he ran across Obadiah on the road. And Obadiah says, oh, my God, you're Elijah. Now, that scared him because as soon as he saw Elijah, he was going to have to go back and be the voice to his king, Ahab. And that was a scary thing. You get the for that one. Because back then they thought if you, you might have been in cahoots with somebody. And he goes like this. And this, now keep in mind I'm talking about the transporting, okay? He says to Elijah, what have I done wrong, Ask Obadiah, that you are handling your servant over to Ahab to be put to death. As surely as the Lord your God, God lives, there is a nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to look for you. Now watch this. And wherever a nation or kingdom claimed you were not there, he made them swear to find you. But now you say, go to my master and tell him I found Elijah. And he's scared. He says, I don't know what the spirit of the Lord may carry you away or where he'll take you to. All I know is if Ahab finds me, he's going to kill me. So he knew that as soon as Elijah was in a fix, God transported him somewhere. Now why do I tell you this story? Now, this is going to be spooky. You're going to have to take this by faith or not. Swear to God. Th you know, anything back in the day, I, back in the day in 1989, there was a lot, a lot, say a lot, a lot of spiritual activity going on in Florida. And I mean the good stuff too. Brownsville, you remember the stories of Brownsville? Days and nights and months staying in church and worshiping. Really, they should have been getting a seat out of the barn and winning souls after a few days, but nonetheless. But they were there worshiping their God. Well, there was so much activity and so much demonic activity. I'm not a stranger to de demonic activity, ladies. I had my husband and I, Bishop, for three years had a full-time deliverance ministry. I wouldn't want that on anybody. I didn't want it then. I don't want it now. Uh, you know, I just, it's just not my cup of tea or anybody's, actually. If, I, if it happens, it happens, and I deal with it. But it's not something I would seek out. Amen? 
But we, we were going um, monthly and sometime every other week from Arcadia to Orlando. Every single time that we went there, we were almost killed, physically killed. People would see us, run us off of the road, get behind us. We, we was like, we had to be prayed up to get to those meetings in Orlando. Because we was, I mean, we were going in and we were doing really deep intercession over the darkness of that area, territorial spirit. We were tearing them down. And every place we went, we were being attacked. So anyway, one night we were coming back from, or, or we were coming back, and this, this is the craziest thing. In Florida, there's little cow path roads. Now, they're so dark out there, you don't see a hand in front of you. Now, you got your lights on, of course. But it's just you can't see your hand in front of you. So one night, Bishop was, we was tired. It was late. And he was kind of boogieing down the road a little faster than he should. You all know what I mean because you're not going to see anything. And so we was probably going about 75 and probably a 45 or 50. Nobody was there. You could take up two lanes. You could see forever if there was a car behind you, car in front of you. You're going to see him. So why not, right? Until, <laughs> okay, now I'm sitting in the pasture side, all stretched out with my legs, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever, just resting my eyes. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, no lights behind us, no lights in front of us, this, squad, this sheriff's car is right next to us. Swear to God, he's a sheriff, he's a black man. He's got all the sheriff attire on, and this is what he's doing. Driving 80 miles an hour, 75 Never took, I started screaming, oh, my God, oh, my God. I almost kicked the front window out. Oh, my God. And Bishop going, oh, my God, what is it, what is it? And he just kept, never took, never, just like this. Must have went on for 45, 35, 40 seconds just staring at it. And it was the coldest stare I ever seen with the dome lights on. He gets in front of us, goes way back, slows us back, and stays. And all of a sudden, we look, one Mississippi, two, the car disappears in front of us. Totally disappears. You know, it says beware when you entertain angels because they're unaware of whatever. That was an angel. What I believe he slowed us down because God only knows what was up that road. So the next time that we're on the road, we're on, we're on the main interstate heading to Orlando again. True story. This is, this is signs, wonders, and miracles that we encounter living today, okay? Um, it was crazy there. You wouldn't really want that much stuff going on, I promise you. It's just too, over, too much overload. But anyway, we're driving along, and we've done that route. We've been to Florida. My parents live there, my sister. We've been on that route so many times we could do it blindfolded. So what I'm about to tell you is all of a sudden we're driving, and the next thing we know, we're in front of a gas station in Lakeland, Florida. And there's no turnoffs. And you know who is standing in front of guarding that door at the 7-Eleven? The same sheriff in the same attire standing there just looking at us like this. So I don't know what happened. The angels of God protected us because we was really heading towards God's destiny. Uh, if people know in this house, Bishop's apostolic. He tears out, builds up, goes and destroys territorial spirits in that area. And he has, and you know, it's warfare. It's hard. It's not easy. You don't want to be uh, apostolic if you're, if you're a true apostle to do that, to go into those territories and really fight warfare for the city. And we, wa we wound up there. And we thought, how would anybody ever believe such a story? And, I mean, it just happened just like that from one. And we it didn't feel it. It was just like a miracle. Like you were saying, you get a miracle, but you don't feel it. I've had those miracles. I don't feel it. 
But I'm telling you something. These days, we've got to plug into God. We've got to ask him what his portion for you is. You have the fingerprint of God on your soul tonight to do something great for his kingdom. And you know what happens when we don't fulfill his plan in our lives? We strive and we, we work and we toil and we're never happy and it's never big enough. It's never better enough. It's never happy enough. It's never centered enough. You know, it's, with God, it's not like that, ladies. With God, you can be like, Paul, I've had it all and I've had little. It doesn't matter because either, either way, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. When we love God and we put him first and we live a righteous life, I'm so sad where the church is today. Adultery and fornication and just and abortions in the house of God. I mean, these things ought not to be. Now, are they forgiven? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I'm a gracious. I'm all about a grace. I'm all about I love it, redemption. I'm all about all of it. But then stop. You see, when he pointed out the woman that was in, she was a prostitute. You know what? He, he forgave her. He loved her. But then he says, go and sin no more. Once we're forgiven, we got to be conscientious in the choices that we make. Or we're going to be sad. Your marriages aren't going to be happy. You're going to be unhappy. No matter what, you could have a million dollars. You know, more millionaires, listen to me, friends. More millionaires commit suicide because they have no purpose. Your purpose and your destination are connected together. And if you're not fulfilling his purpose, you're never going to be fulfilled. You'll be like a hungry woman standing in front of a hot dog stand and never getting to do anything but whiff it. <laughs> you all know what I mean. Take a big whiff. And that's all you're going to get spiritually is a whiff. <laughs> I'm probably taking up too much time. I, I just want to see one more thing, and then let's see what I got, and then I'll be done. Um, I'm, I'm done. Oh, do I have five more minutes? Okay, this is the coolest story. I'll end with this, and it's fun, and it's funny. Okay. <laughs> How many girls know about the last chance in, in, here in Arizona? Is that That's still considered Phoenix, right, or Scotts? I don't know. So I'm at the last chance, and Bishop, I, I normally wouldn't go fight those wild crowds. Ugh. You know, I want to come escape with my life. I'm serious. They get mean over there. They can say, I love Jesus, and have the fish on the back, and they will stomp you over to get that bargain. <laughs> so what happened is Bishop had an appointment, and so he dropped me off, and I said, well, I'll go to last chance. Well, it wasn't open to such and such time, like 30 minutes. So I was the first one down by the door, and there was this lady there. Nobody else was there within the next 15, 20 minutes. Okay, if you've been to the last chance, you know, here's the steps you have to come up. And it's very isolated. I mean, it's just a small little area. And then you stand here, and here's the doors, and you're smashed in. So anyway, I was talking to this lady. And I don't know, I'm always witnessing about Jesus, so something I said, I can't remember. And she said, well, I have to be straight up with you. I used to be a Christian, but I converted to Judaism. I said, oh, and she said, and one thing I'm not for is the Holy Spirit. I don't know why she said that, but she said it. And I said, really? I said, so you're not a believer in the Holy Spirit, but you're a believer in God Almighty, Jehovah God, but you don't believe that there's the three in one? No. I said, well, gee, you're missing a lot. And so we started talking. So, I mean, like, my God, you only got a little bit of them. I mean, we want all. We want the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit here. Hello. So, anyway, I'm yammering away. Now, watch. She's here. 
and my back is to the door. So her back is to the people. I see everybody behind me. I see them coming and going, little people, some taller, a little taller, whatever. So anyway, the reason I'm saying it is there's a reason, okay? So I'm standing there. So finally, I said to her, I'm going to tell you something. i got to stop you right here. This is after 30 minutes. You are not going to talk against the Holy Spirit to me. He is real, and he'll always be real. He lives in me. And for you to say there's no Holy Spirit, you know, you're really coming against me because... And I said, listen, I love you just the way you are. I'm not condemning you, but I'm standing up for my Jesus that's in me. And I got the Holy Spirit, and I speak in tongues, and the Holy Spirit is real. Now watch. We're going in. I turn around, and that was my last word story, all right? I turn around. Some of you know this story, right? I turn around, and this man, this man right behind her is, must have been, I mean, he looked 100 feet tall, flaming red hair. He couldn't have been there because he wasn't there. I just barely, one Mississippi. <laughs> one Mississippi, and he was not there. And I, didn't, I wasn't transported, baby, over to Lakeland either. I was right there. And he goes like this. He, that woman went, oh, like that. We were both, he looked at her, he said, hey, I want you to know the Holy Spirit is real, and he lives today. And I went, oh, my God. And, I, and she, ah! she took off running. She running the last chance. I went, go get her. I've got the Holy Spirit. I, I was scared. And I ran, I ran backwards. And, he, and so I was like from here to Pastor Jennifer. And he goes like this. Hey, girl, Jesus has got a crush on you. And the guy disappears. I'm not kidding. Not right in front of my eyes, but I'm looking. Where's, I mean, he was like a head taller than anything in the whole place. Gone. Jesus has got a crush on you. An angel manifested himself for that woman. And I said, I had even said to her, I forgot this great big, this big, this is a big deal when you're thinking about. When you are an assignment, God puts you at the right place at the right time. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? There's no mistake that I'm, this is before the, uh, you know, uh, Opie. From, from, uh, what's it called, uh, Mooberry, or what's it? What, oh, where, what is it? I, oh, Mayberry. That, it wasn't Opie, baby. That's all I'm telling you. And, um, and so anyway, I said, God, listen, God put me with you because he's trying to get something to you. And that's when that whole thing took place. And I think that woman's still running. I hear footsteps down there. She's still, oh, she's, she's getting out of Dodge, you know. But, um, you know, God is good. God has something so great for this house. He's manifesting it. And, you know, I just have to tell you, the Holy Spirit put two women on my heart uh, today when I was praying. And it's, it's uh, don't just, it's, it's, uh, when I talk about a fear, it's a real fear. There's, I'm not just talking about, you know, you're, you're afraid uh, that you're not going to get your lotto ticket this week, a uh, scratch off. <laughs> I'm just playing. But um, two women are here. And, you know, if you'd be so bold to stand, because, you know, God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear. And sometimes pride will stand in the way and you'll say, well, you know, I got it together. You know, I'm not really scared. But the truth is you wake up scared. You go to bed scared. You got fear. There's things in your world that fear is, is, is following you. And it definitely is a spirit. And if you'll be bold, it's okay, there's one sister. And then where's the other lady? There's one more because God spoke to me, two women. Come on, come on. Do not make me pick you out. I know who you are already. So let's stand up. 
well, you're not quite the one, but you know what? You are the one. You were brave to stand up. And you know what? Ladies, I want you to stretch forth your hands to her because you know what? God will deliver you from a spirit of fear. I have seen that happen over and over and over again. Uh, ladies, get around this lady right here and begin. Everybody that's not being prayed for. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you right now. We speak that spirit of fear right now to go. Loose them in the name of Jesus. They will wake up and they will have absolutes in their life and deliverance in their life and freedom and from the, and the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. We release that demonic force right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah, 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 you're so ta-da-la-la. In the name of Jesus, free these women. Free them, Father God. Fill them, Father God, all the way to the top with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. There it is. You darkness, you loose her in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. The peace that passes all understanding. Jesus, the name above every name. We praise you right now, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Peace. Hallelujah. I want to speak to a woman that's in here today that wants to renew their life to God. You know you've been on that banana pill in the world, but you want to rededicate your life to God. Something touched you in your heart tonight. I want you to stand forward. I want to minister to you personally tonight. Come on up here right now. You want to rededicate your life because you know God has a plan and a purpose for you. you got to be brave in this, lady. We're not, we're not here to judge, condemn. This is your hour right here. This place right here, look at me, ladies. Don't come to me afterwards because the anointing's here now. If you come later, you're just going to depend on me to do something. I, it's not in my power to do it. There's someone here. There's a lady here. That section, I believe, that needs to be right up here right now. And they want you need to renew your life to the things of God. And God has something special. He's got a purpose connected to your destiny. And you've got to be brave to come. Come on. This is your moment. This is your time. Don't be embarrassed. Come on up, girl. I knew it was right over there. That's okay. Listen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, ladies, let's give up for Jesus. Can you put your hands together? Stand up tonight. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you tonight. Jesus. We thank you, God, that you're the reason that we live and exist in the world today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that we want to be consecrated. We thank you tonight, Lord God, that we call ourselves Christians, and that word means Christ-like. We thank you tonight, Lord God, that we're important in your kingdom, Father God, that things in life are not always an elevator, but they're step-by-step in our life, Father God. We thank you that we can trust you in the little. We can trust you in the medium. We can trust you in the 
midnight hour and we can trust you for whatever happens to us because father god you're the one you are the one that puts humpty dumpty back together again and with no super glue it's just like it's perfect new beginnings new purpose i declare over these beautiful women this family that's here tonight new beginnings new hope new purposes we bind you satan in the name of jesus off of every one of these precious children of god that are called by your name in the name of jesus we declare lord god freedom in the holy spirit deliverance of their home environment healing of their brokenness father god we are the we the church are to heal the brokenhearted and restore the brokenhearted hallelujah to get them back father god in marching place for you to do great feats for you and we thank you for it tonight and everybody said amen, amen. give it up for pastor gloria <laughs> what a treat. Which one do you need to get down the stairs? Somebody help her out. <laughs> um, uh, you maybe see the ladies really quick, and I'm going to get you out of here. Uh, my mom has this story uh, that I was reminded of. She's got a million stories, but one was she was in an elevator. You remember that? And the door shut, and this little lady was standing in there, and the lady looked at her. She goes, I know who you are. She knew the God in her. That demon spirit knew the God in her. And she goes, and I know who you are. And then what did you say? Really quick. Yeah, tell the story. Okay, I was in, uh, it was called Goldie Floberg, and it was a mental retardation place for young kids. And I was my first time in there, and this, um, this very large girl, probably about 15, came at me. And she looked at me, and she goes, I know who you are. And her voice was, and she said, your name is Gloria, and I don't like you. And I went, uh, I said, yep, that's my name, and I don't like you either. <laughs> I said, I know who you are, and I don't like you either. I never went back to that place, by the way. That was before, that was before my calling. <laughs> See, the devil knows the God in you. Amen. Great big God in you. All right, ladies, just a reminder, no Thursday night next Thursday because we have Kidvention, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Retreat this weekend, but Sunday, bring your friends and families here for Bishop and Pastor Gloria. Amen. Love you, ladies. Thank you so much for coming out, and we will see you Sunday. You're dismissed. <laughs>